Hashtag kangaroos. Hi, this is Ben Mackay from the North Dome Footy Club and you're listening to another episode of the Hashtag Kangaroos Podcast. Here is your host, Dean Vasek. Let's go, Kangas! Well, David Uniac getting early possessions. Cunnington for the dream start. Cunnington for 35. They cover it everywhere and the party starts early for the number 10. What a wonderful, wonderful scene. Welcome to another episode. My name is Dean Vasek. You can find me on X at hashtag Kangas, Instagram at hashtag Kangaroos Podcast, TikTok hashtag Kangaroos One. So tonight I'm joined once again by the lovely Claire Cozzy. So it's been a while uh, since I've had Claire on. Uh, we've both talked about the men's team and the women's team, and I can tell you right now who we're more excited about. Uh, don't know if anyone watched the women's game against the Bulldogs the other day, but. Uh, they were running right. They were very hot. Um, the lid is off for me, and I think we'll win the flag. Um, not to put too much pressure on the girls. Uh, the new girls like Sheila and Puller, uh, Lulu Puller, uh, look amazing. No weaknesses on the ground that I could see. I know we'll play probably an average team, and they had an injury early to Ali Blackburn, one of their star midfielders. But, um, yeah, look, I'm, I'm very excited about them. Um so we talked about them as well as the men's. So let's not waste any more time and bring on Claire Cozzy right now. Well, welcome back to Claire Cozzy. It's been a while and it's been a long season for the men's team. Uh, a lot of dis- disruptions from senior coaches to presidents getting cancer. And to top it off, uh, Jack Zebel goes for out for a couple, couple of beers to celebrate his career and gets king hit and suffers some really bad facial injuries. Thank God it wasn't any worse. Um, we haven't had much luck this year, have we, Claire, as far as the men's program? No, I think collectively North Melbourne supporters are thinking about last four years under ladders or broken mm. mirrors or, you know, all the sort of bad luck has really come to the fore, um, particularly this season. And um, as, the you know, a passionate person who really – Goes in to Marvel every week or every second week or so, and you know watches it. It's 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 been a tough watch, uh, mentally, spiritually, physically at times. Um, yeah. I keep I keep on saying to Dad, I can't believe I thought our rock bottom was against Sydney with the interchange cap, and I feel like that was years ago. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, no, it's it's yeah, it's just been I guess quote unquote one of those seasons, hasn't it? With so many uncontrollable factors because uh, that's what they are. They are uncontrollable factors with Sonia, with Alistair, with um, injuries to the playing group, um, you know, things like retirements to Jack and, and Jack and Ben, I think. Uh, yeah, it's so uncontrollable. I think we were dying and begging for some consistency and continuity. Uh, that's what we really wanted as fans. And I don't know whether we've truly got that this season. Um, so it, it kind of, yeah, it's, it's, it's been hard. It's been rough. Um, I think there's nothing more loyal than, than the, the people that go week in and week out and, and show support. So shout out to them, Dean, shout out to those type of people who keep fronting up and, and doing that kind of hard work. But yeah, just even the whole Jack's evil thing this week broke your heart. I just, you know, dad texts me straight away. And I'm, I'm a firm believer of only really um, having positive things to say online. And, and that's not for everyone, but I just think that 
physical assaults and 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 the things that can happen online really bubble and fester and they can kind of you know people feel very much like that they can say what they want about AFL footballers because they're protected by money or you know they're athletes and you know they're subject to criticism but realistically no one should you know have to go through what Jack did and and no one should be um you know, verbally assaulted online either. So I think that's a real wake-up call for people. You know, players don't owe you anything. Clubs don't owe you anything. It's just, it's it's a beautiful sport and, and we should try and see it in a really positive way. So, and I'm going to try and do that this weekend, Dean. I'm trying to try and see North Melbourne in a positive way this weekend. I don't know about you. Um, how are you feeling about it all? Yeah, it's been it's been a long year. Uh, Twenty weeks in a row we've lost games, and it's funny you talked about the Sydney game. And like you said, I almost forgot about that. Um, mm. And if we won that game, we didn't have that uh, interchange infringement. We would have had the same record as Sydney Swans at the time. So yeah. it's a sliding doors moment. You, you never know; you might win. Um, yep. Yeah, a few more games after that, and it's it's funny. Sydney have sort of uh, kept going. We've made finals now. Uh, probably from that uh, game. They probably wouldn't have played finals if they lost that. They probably would have been sliding down and looked towards next year. Um, but, um, yeah, it's uh, it's just been one of those years where we haven't had much go our way. Hopefully next year we can get a bit more stability with Alistair Clarkson mm. uh, not you know, having things behind him. Uh, that would be ideal. Yeah. And, yeah, just a couple of other things. Um, our president's uh, been fit and healthy, which she is now. But, um, yeah, we'll see how we go, I suppose. Yeah, I mean, they say bad things come in three, so hopefully Jack <laughs> Jack Beagle's uh, king hit was the third one. And, yeah, we can get a bit more luck going into pre-season, into the draft as well. Uh, now, we have gone to the bottom of the ladder on the weekend, and it's pretty mixed as far as people's responses go. A lot of people are in the camp that they don't want another wooden spoon, but we get the number one pick and Harley Reid, who is a generational talent. Where do you sit with it? Yeah, well, last time we spoke about generational talent, that didn't really work out in our favour, did we? So I, um, I err on the caution, cautious side of, of using those terminology. Um, yeah, real tough one, and I, I've got splinters in my bum about this one, Dean, because I can see both sides of the story. To be honest, I really see how. You know, Clarko came out today and, and spoke about how the t- look the list is competitive. They want to win. Um, and then there's that other Gold Coast are going to be handed three picks in the in the top ten as well because of the economy. So it's just I can see why North would be looking towards the future of building a list and why they want to acquire number one and how that would be long term um, more beneficial to the club, but then short term. For a sense of morale and sense of hope, I can see why it'd be great. I, I just wish that if we did get it would have been for Ben or Jack to previous games. You know what I mean? Like it would have been nice yeah. for Ben or Jack to have played in, you know, an MCG or a Marvel win. So it really feels like a moot point. Like it's it's classically down at, you know, Blundstone Arena. It's classically – I'm just having a look now um, at the schedule. I wonder if it's at a 4.40 on a Sunday. <laughs> like it's, it seems like it's just one of those fixtures where people are just kind of going to forget it. Yeah, it's it's one forty five on a Saturday at Blundstone yeah. Arena. Yeah in the media cycle, just completely being invisible and eradicated. Um, I don't know. I just, oh, I, I, 
Honestly, if someone said, what do you want more? I probably do want the number one pick. I, I don't like wooden spoons, but I can see how acquiring this player, chucking him in the midfield and having that depth and, and talent, I think is really, really important as opposed to, you know, looking five or six years down the track and, and seeing what we did miss. So, yeah, I guess if I had to make my decision, I'd say um, probably wooden spoon at this point just because it, it feels like, yeah, all right, if we do win, what's there? You know, our supporters aren't exactly in Blunston Arena. They can't really get behind the win. And it feels like a bit sad that we didn't get to send off Jack or Ben with a win. So, yeah, I think the number one pick uh, is for me. What about you? How do you – where do you sit with this? Yeah, I wouldn't be too disappointed if we lost this weekend. To be honest with you, um, oh, look, I guess it's it's more the karma of it all. Like you don't mm-hmm. want to deliberately lose, like which is a possibility. You might be playing a few players that uh, you probably know aren't going to, you know, um, play in their right roles and see what you get out of it. And um, yeah, hopefully it uh, hurts your team rather than helps them. But mm-hmm. um, yeah, it's yeah. Look, at the end of the day. I don't want to complicate things either with uh, getting pick two because then we have to go back to pick one and maybe mm. look at the trade, whereas now yeah. the ball's in our court as well. I think it's just better long-term uh, to look at the pick yeah. one. Um, you probably, you know, the Ben Mackay compensation, which could be pick two as well, then it puts the ball firmly in uh, West Coast court uh, because, you know, they're obviously keen on uh, – Daniel Curtin, a key position defender from Western Australia, they're very keen on him. Um, if we have pick two and we, we want to take him, then they've got to you know, uh, force a deal with us uh, to try and get him, you know, uh, get him to their club. So, yeah, I just think long term, and I know a lot of listeners might not like hearing it as well, but I think long term it's probably better best if we lose this week. And at the end of the day. In three or four years' time, if we're playing finals, I don't think anyone's going to remember that you, you know, we, we finished eighteenth or seventeenth in the year twenty twenty three. So yeah, that's, yeah, that's how I look at it anyway. Yeah, no, I agree. I and it's also probably I haven't actually looked at the um, whether we've made some changes, but I'd imagine also there'd be potentially some some blokes playing on the weekend that might be playing unbeknownst to them might be playing their last game for North. Do you know what I mean? Like as in, I'm just looking at the ends. So Dawson's in Bergman and Charlie Larazzo. So I'd be interested to see how he's out and McDonald, Zeeble, Drury and Howell are out. Okay. That's interesting. So Charlie Laz, that'll be, that'll be very interesting to watch him play and see. I, I feel like, a lot of those players, unfortunately, got no continuity with their football. Um, Tom Powell comes to mind. Will Phil. And I know they've been in and out of the side with injuries and such, but it's just, yeah, it'll be, I think, does Kane Turner keep his spot again? <laughs> Is that? Oh, he's, he's probably the first picked, to be honest oh, with you. God. Okay. <laughs> I just, yeah, I can't. Can't fathom that type. I mean, he might be playing his last game for North on the weekend. Um, I'm not sure where he's. He was rook, he was rookie listed, wasn't he at the, the start of the he's season? Three. Oh, start of the year. Yeah, yeah, start of the year. That's right. You pick for us in the rookie draft or second last pick, one of the one or the other. Yeah. Yeah. Right. And then it also could be controversially could be Ben McKay's last game. What happened with him? Right, like. Yeah, well, we might as well talk about that. Now, 
Alistair Clarkson was yeah did his uh, media conference today, and you know he's basically said unless it's pick two, then we're going to try and keep him. Like in those mm. words, you know, as far as compensation goes, or pick three wherever we finish, like you know the one after, because that's the yeah. compensation. You know, I mean he's going to get a big offer from Sydney apparently. Yeah. And if it's a big offer, then you probably have to let him go. Um, hey, and, you know, he sort of mentioned, you know, teams jumping up and down, you know, and, you know, Gold Coast have got three top 10 academy picks coming through and people jumping up and down about Riley Sanders. How, do, how did you see him? He, he seemed pretty fired up about it. And I think he really feels like we need assistance. And we're only asking for, for you know, a couple of things. And one of them is within game, like as far as I know, Ben McKay should be going for pick two. We're only really asking for Riley Sanders as as an NGA prospect. Um, whereas a lot of other teams have seemed to have benefited from it. Um, you've seen Jamara Eugle Hagen, uh, the Western Bulldogs, only a couple of years ago, three years ago, uh, got him. You know, uh, Gold Coast seems to be seem to be doing pretty well out of it. I mean, they're stacked with talent as it is, so they're going to get three more top 10 picks. Um, yeah, you know, I don't think we're asking for much. And, yeah, he seemed pretty fired up, didn't he? Yeah, I think, you know, I, I went to Twitter and I kind of sort of said that it's really interesting how come this time of the year, you know, we're in that kind of nearly almost free airspace where the finals are somewhat locked in uh, and, the you know, the top eight are, are going to play off so they need to fill in the – okay, what do we do with these bottom clubs? And it often is the the kind of idea, well, let's pitch these clubs against each other. Let's pitch Gold Coast Oilers against North and then North gets this over Saints and Saints haven't won a premiership 66. And, like, there's all this little infighting. But realistically, I think a lot of it is just media constructed. And it's also, like, you know, Twitter online, people, you know, thinking like, oh, well, you know, I saw this account, this Hawthorne account, that was trying to argue that these priority picks were – Silly, and that you know, North kept on handing for asking. Oh, like, sorry, asking for handouts. And I think if you go back to the Luke Hodge draft when they got Jared Ruffett as well, they don't win a premiership without getting the priority picks that they did. You know, it's unfathomable. Like, there's not many clubs that haven't, from some way, shape, or form, benefited from the different sort of academies, even father and sons and, you know, NGAs and all this sort of stuff. So it's just, yeah, I I don't understand the spotlight that's on North at the moment. I think, I think what's happened is because of um, potentially um, going into the compensation band, if he's offered such a big contract, people are getting angry at the fact that, you know, he is, he was drafted as 21. He was drafted, you know, back in the day now um, and he's only played 66 games what he shouldn't be worth that much but realistically North is just playing by the rules their compensation you know has has given it's not it's not North Melbourne that controls these sort of things it's it's the AFL so in in terms of what Alistair said we have been the worst team for four years now that there's no denying that that's 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 there for everyone to see and and the fact that we to this day we have not had one numbered one draft pick during that time is just crazy to me you know from Jamara Nuke and Hagel I know Jason is a whole other you know kettle of fish but him not being at North we not have not received despite being the worst the worst side in it for that long haven't got one number nine draft pick and as soon as we sort of put up our hands and say well hang on a minute maybe we get a first kind of bite at the draft people are jumping up and down and 
Yeah, I don't understand it. I don't get it. It's 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 realistically, it's better for the league when teams are competitive. It's not fun watching someone. I don't know. We have like you know decreased the margin in which we were getting beaten this year, but it's not fun having a team that loses twenty games in a row. That's not good for the comp. You know, that's just not good for AFL as a general sport to engage its audience and its viewers because. It's not going to sell tickets. It's not going to sell hot dogs. It doesn't help with broadcasting rights. So the best way to do that is by trying to even the playing field. And I think that would be a really good idea by looking at youth and how, where youth is deployed. So, yeah, I, I don't know. People get really tribal about this sort of stuff. And, you know, I'm more of a the person of like, you know, let the chips fall where they may. I personally do want to keep them Mackay. I think that... He's a key part of the spine that is um, – I think he is really integral to that back line. But then I also fall into the camp of if he doesn't want to be there, then he doesn't want to be there. Like I'm sick of, you know, sick to death of these people demanding. Like, You know, he has played 66 games and we have invested a lot of time and money into him. So for him to turn around and try to stranglehold the club to a high-end contract, I'm sort of like, well – you know, Ben Brown did that a couple of years ago and we said no to him and he was a 60-plus kicking bags. So I'm still in a firm believer that no one's bigger than North Melbourne, no one is bigger than Arden Street. Um, and therefore, you know, if you're going to hold us captive to a really high contract, then it's in the club's best interest to get the best that they possibly can in return for that, you know. And and Sydney technically still are in that kind of premiership box. They'll, you know, offload Franklin's track uh, contract, so they've got a bit of money to play with. So, yeah, it'll be interesting to see how it all falls. I- I'm with you. I think pick two, um, and it's worth it. Anything else, if we get offered, like, you know, a second or third round draft, I'm just going to lose it. <laughs> I'll just lose it, Dean. Um, but, yeah, I don't know. Do you, do you want to keep Mackay? Uh, yeah, I do, but if it's pick two, I'd probably rather pick two at this stage. Yeah, um, yeah it's just because of the money issue. You know, if the the money's just too high. If it's eight hundred thousand, like you've got the ability to match. If it's six hundred thousand a year, all right, we'll take. Yeah, we'll keep him. But if it's eight hundred thousand a year, uh, that's just too much for the inconsistency he has shown this year. You know, yeah, we're seeing a bit flaky when he gets the ball. He's not reliable mm. with the kick, and he's had a lot of games where he hasn't been at his intercepting best. Like last week, I think he had four touches or something like that. Um, so, yeah, I think he can be replaceable. Mm. Um, and just with the path we're going down, um, yeah, I'd probably rather pick two at this stage and the upside of a, maybe Daniel Curtin or you know, or, or Watson, a uh, small crumbing forward. Um, mm. So, yeah we'll, uh, yeah, we'll go with that. And, yeah, I mean – Every draft has been compromised ever since we pushed yeah. on the bottom. Like you said, you know, I mean, we could have got, we could have had Dacos and Ashcroft in the last two drafts. Yeah, um, you know, yeah, that's you're talking about, you know, different kettle of fish. I'm very happy we got Sheezel and Wardlaw, but yeah, of um, course, yeah, yeah. but um, yeah, I mean, we we, we lost Horn Francis um, for yeah one one of those picks, and yeah, I think it's Wardlaw and a future and a first round this year, which is pick eighteen or something like that, so which is not much. Yeah. Yeah, no, it's not at all. No, because outside, you know, probably the top five or six, and usually within the top five or six, there's usually one player that doesn't make it for some, whatever reason. Yeah. Um, there's no guarantees, so you know, especially at pick eighteen. So 
Yeah, it's uh, it's going to be interesting. Um, but yeah, the AFL run the Gold Coast Suns, so of course they're going to look after them. Them, so yeah, yeah, it's that's a whole other, that's a whole other thing as well, isn't it? Like the amount of time, money, and investment that they've put into that club, and you know, Hardwick going up there now. It's yeah, look, it, it's it's almost. Like you said, you know, North were offered the chance to go up north um, back in 2007 or whatever it was now and didn't yeah. take the assistance package. And ever since then, you know, if I was being real chip on my shoulder, North Melbourne supporter, I'd argue that we've been punished ever since that <laughs> for not yeah. taking that uh, that leap. But now, look, at the end of the day, Mackay, I'd keep him, but I'd take pick two for him and... Um, yeah, I, I don't think anyone is is bigger than the club, and if he needs to, if he wants to walk out, then go test your eight hundred k somewhere else. But um, I, I don't think there's too many blokes at North Melbourne Football Club at the moment, respectfully, that deserve a eight hundred k pay package. <laughs> no, well, that's exactly right. And look, all good luck to him. Um, you know, I mean, football is a business at the end of the day. Um, you know, eight hundred thousand is a lot of money. It's life changing for the next five years. It'll set him up. Um, yeah. But yeah. No, that's fine. Yeah, I have no issues with him leaving uh, for for that sort of money. I, I can certainly understand it from a player's point of view. So oh, yeah, I mean, yeah. clubs clubs um, don't show loyalty just as much as you know players don't show loyalty sometimes. So that's just uh, that's just the nature of the business. A player I want to ask you about is Taron Thomas Clare. Now, a lot of people are saying that we have to keep him and he's too valuable. Now, I'm in the camp, and I might be in a small minority here, that you should sell uh, sell high because his mood is unpredictable. If Gold Coast got a pick five for Taron Thomas, I'll take it because I could see him going off the rails in the offseason or doing something stupid again. He only has another year left in his contract, and I think it's big odds next year that he uh, – that, you know, if he has a year where he goes without incident and his football – yeah, is is doing the talking that he's, he he will probably leave anyway. So I mean, and you don't want to pay big money. So I think at the moment I, I'm in a camp of of, of almost uh, letting him go just just uh, because mainly for his uh, unpredictable moods. Um, mm. You know, you see him a couple of weeks ago, sort of unfollow the club on socials and um, yeah, uh, doing funny Instagram um, pictures with uh, Corin Hayden. Um, mm. But then, yeah, a week later, he's all happy. He's, you know, he's, he's showing off these training, you know, in a North Melbourne jumper and all that sort of thing. But, um, yeah, where do you sit with him, I guess? Yeah, he's a tough one to read, Taron. Very, very tough. He, he's, he comes across, and this is separate to the allegations against him, but he comes off very emotionally mature. Um, and I think the problem with that is that with North – you know, we don't have too many, especially with Jack and Cunners now, veterans gone. Um, and also those types of blokes like Ben Cunnington and Jack are very salt-of-the-earth country boys that probably wouldn't, you know, have a lot in common with Taron Thomas. But you almost don't you, – you almost need someone to guide him as a mentor to kind of bring him back down to earth and kind of get him – a little bit more settled and a little bit more committed and invested to North Melbourne. But because of that lack of age group that you normally have with leadership, someone to kind of keep tabs on him, um, it is, yeah, it is, it is worrying. The, the problem is he's a very classy player. He's got, and I'm not just saying this because of um, 
you know, the indigenous ties there. But when he does have the ball in hand and when he's got that beautiful touch and class to it, there's there's shades of, of Daniel Wells about it. There's shades of just a, another level above uh, what, you know, your, your average midfielder or your, your half forward can do with the ball. So I do what you're saying, like sell high is important. Um, I don't know. <sighs> I guess his his off field antics really play a part in it for me, and his lack of emotional IQ. He just, I mean, he's he's twenty three years old, isn't he? So he's twenty three, but he acts like he's nineteen sometimes, and you just sort of think, mate, what are you doing? You've got such an opportunity. You've got the world at your feet, and you're not you're not making great choices. I'd like to see Jai Simpkin work with him more. I know Jai's a couple of years older than him, and if that could be ideal. Um, Look, if the right calm offer came along for him and um, we could get a decent trade out of it, you know, if we could get a 26 to decent intercept uh, defender or something for him, I'd definitely take it. Um, yeah, it'd it have to come at the right price. I agree with you, though. He he could be out of contract soon within a year and then, and then walk for nothing, basically. Um, that would be quite frustrating. So... Yeah, if the right offer came along, I'd definitely take it. I'm not to to Taron Thomas, given that what he's put supporters in the club through. Um, but he is he's a classy man with the ball. He's in and out though. He's up and down like a toilet seat. But then I'm also thought I also think that that contributes to it being you know a young team as well. Like North is, I know it's got like you know veterans like Goldie and Hugh Greenwood and Jack and Cunners that obviously massively push the game experience up but it still is a very young team I think if Taron was to go into an environment where he didn't have to be the star or he didn't have to be you know too heavily relied upon I think he'd probably thrive in that environment um so yeah I guess in summary if the right offer came along I would happily trade Taron Thomas that would be fine by me yeah, yeah, definitely. I mean, if it, yeah, if it is a good offer, then mm. you'd be crazy not to look at it. And I'm sure the club are probably thinking the same at the moment. Um, all right, Claire. Well, we'll do a quick preview of the Gold Coast game coming up. Uh, big week for their club, signing hard yeah. to a six-year contract. I think David King uh, said they will win a flag within four years oh, and a lot gosh. of talent on their list. Their reserves are very strong. One of the premiership fancies there as well. Uh, with Harley Reid on the line, um, I think I, I mentioned this before. Uh, do you really want to win this week, Claire? No, <laughs> <laughs> um, no, no. It's kind of a pointless <laughs> win, you know. It, the 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 whole kind of air has been sucked out of it after Jack and Ben didn't really get their retirement wins. So, you know, to to get a you know compensation win at the end of the season and compromise the draft, then realistically, no, nah, I don't really want to win. I still want the the boys to perform well. It'd still be nice to see them play well and have a bit of a, um, you know, connection and, and yeah, wouldn't mind seeing Suvlaki kick about six or seven, really try and throw something towards that Coleman. But um, no, ultimately if it pedals out, it pedals out. Oh, it just, yeah. Oh, looking at the lineup now, they've obviously gone with Callum Dawson as well. That's a, that's an interesting choice down back. Um well, 
First game for the year for him. Um, yeah. It might be his last game for the club too. Well, that's oh, what man. I thought. That's literally what I thought. The first thing when I saw him, got, he got selected. I thought, okay, maybe first and last there. Um, it'd be good to see Bergman again. Um, obviously, injuries, everyone's <laughs> lists, um, huge part in everyone's list. But we just had some crucial ones this year at crucial times, just for development-wise. I feel like Tom Powell just hasn't got his body right, just hasn't got his continuity. Like, he just hasn't come along and will fit. Archer had a couple of good games and he's injured. Um, Zerha, obviously injured. Gota, like, just we really have been hit by every stick that is unlucky ever. Um, Luke Davies, Yunaki. Um, obviously surfing away, surfing his life away, and then previous hammies as well. Um, look, it'd be good. But at the end of the day, Dean, if it, if it compromised us, yeah, getting the number one draft pick and if, you know, it's supposed to be the generational talent and all these other superlatives, then, you know, we'd be kicking ourselves to get a moral victory down in Blonso Arena at 1.45 when no one's watching in the last round of the weeks. Yeah, put on a show, get Suvlaki a couple of goals, hopefully maybe an AA position on the bench um, and wrap it up, call it a season, call it what it is, you know. What about you? How do you feel? Yeah, uh, I don't think we're really uh, a chance. Like I think we'll start the game off, game off okay with a bit of energy, but once probably 15, 20 minutes in, it's sort of uh, – People, I think players start thinking about bad Mondays and all that sort of thing and probably just go through the motions. And that's what probably will happen this game. Mm. I just think Gold Coast will win and win probably comfortably, like five or six goals. Um, they've got a very strong midfield. Raul Anderson, Miller, Flanders. And we don't have uh, anyone in there at the moment, like LDU's yeah. out. Um, we've got, uh, like you said, Tom Powell, Will Phillips. We're hoping they can compete. But um, their strength is their midfield. They've got the bigger bodies there. Good outside run. A very good ruckman as well in the wits. Uh, yeah. Good intercept defenders, which is going to make it hard for um, Nick Larkey, especially the way we kick it to our forwards. So, <laughs> yeah, I think I think it might be a long, long day. Uh, a longish day, but I, I don't think we'll probably, you know, um, get, lose by any more than five or six goals. So, yeah, which, uh, which will be fine, I guess. Yeah, I mean, it's... It's the reality for the past couple of weeks, isn't it? It's just kind of, you know, the Richmond game was very much uh, at one point, especially in the third quarter when they just piled it on. I thought, here we go, go through the motions, just play for time. Um, yeah. yeah. And, and I mean, Gold Coast, they probably should have won against Carlton last week um, in terms of where they rank on the ladder. I don't know. It's a weird. They're a weird club, Gold Coast. Like, and we we seem to have a really poor history against them as well. So it's not great. But yeah, it's very much go through the motions and 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 make sure that the fellas kind of no injuries. Uh, it wouldn't shock me if you know if we saw in the last half of footy very bruise free approach to how they approach the ball. Um, but. Yeah, it'll be probably a symbolic of our of our season. I'm not sure what we've gained. I know we've lost a bit, um, but I'm not sure. It's just a nice little way to to finish. So, 
wouldn't mind speeding it up. I wouldn't mind if it was just tomorrow at, you know, four o'clock. Everyone hasn't got out for work yet and we just see the scores. Gold Coast Suns, 89, plays, you know, North Great. All right. Awesome. No worries. Thanks. <laughs> like, I know it's a negative way to approach uh, watching your football club, but 20 worries and uh, sorry, 20 uh, losses in a row can kind of make you pretty desensitized to the process at this point, I would have thought. So, oh well. Yeah, I mean, it's like, uh, it's, it's a slow death at the moment. We feel like we're on life support and just waiting yeah. for someone to pull the plug on our season, really. Um, yeah, just that's it. Off. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I don't know. Am I being a bit too harsh? But would anyone care if Gold Coast actually won a premiership? I, I just feel like there's no soul at that club. You know, I mean, I know, you know, 2007 AFL wanted us up there, and I would have found it hard to follow uh, the North yeah. Melbourne Football Club because, yeah, you know, what defines us is our spirit and our hard work and the shin bone spirit. Whereas, you know, Gold Coast, it, it's like a touristy town. I went there a couple months ago. Beautiful place to go for a holiday. But, you know, I don't know if I want to live there. And, you know, if I was a footballer there, I don't know what else I'd do besides play football and maybe go for a surf and enjoy the hot weather. You know, it just feels like there's no soul there at that club. Would you agree with that or am I being a bit too harsh? Would anyone uh, no. if they want to play? Uh, I, yeah, I mean, maybe Mark Evans, the president, who just... Yeah. Seems AFL. like an absolute, yeah, AFL would care because they'd finally get their cash back for, <laughs> for <laughs> investing. It's been a billion and they've got their flag finally. Um, I think when you look at some players like Matty Rowell, the cautious and um, I think Collins down back, I think what you have is a group of young men that do care and they do care about yeah. their football and they do care about performing well. Um, and performing well together, but I, it doesn't like they're not the club where you're like, oh, play for the jumper lads, play for everything. I think sons are everything. It feels like a group of it feels like you know a group of teenagers who are pretty good at something just have permanently on schoolies, just permanently <laughs> sitting on the Gold Coast, you know, good at sports. Like they're just perpetually on uni games, and <laughs> and they just all end up team together. Um, but I mean, fair go though to like, you know, Spitter's brother, David Swallow, who's played, racked yeah, up, you know, yeah. over 200 games for him and, and took Miller as well. And I do have profound respect for, you know, blokes like Alex Sexton, who's, he's been drafted there and he's played his entire career there. And, you know, Jared Witt's going up there, getting a second chance. So, you know, he has somewhat of a DNA, like, you know, there is something there. I just think because Victorians are just, you know, bleed it and live and breathe AFL um, up there, and I'd say that to to any franchise, any sporting franchise, it, it's it's bound a slow, painting, painful death on the Gold Coast. It's just not a place. It's it's a it's a tourist destination meets surf life saving meets like you know gym kind of energy it's not a place where a lot of sporting franchises franchises have been successful in the past you look at the the gold coast titans and and stuff like that so it's just yeah it's uh, to answer your question a really long long roundabout way i think the afl would be really happy to see a flag out there because there would be a lot more relevance to gold coast suns but in terms of supporters, 
uh, it would just sort of be like, okay, whatever. Like it's, it really mean much. I'd find it more interesting if a GWS won a flag or um, one of those, that, that as a club, that GWS has more DNA than, than Gold Coast for me. Would you agree with that statement? Yeah, probably just a little bit more. Um, yeah. But even them, you know, I mean, it's probably, you know, I mean, they kind of rushed, you know, getting these teams in when they really didn't have to at the time. You know, fellas, yeah. I, I don't think we needed a second team in Sydney, uh, to be honest with you. Uh, yeah, Sydney Swans, you know, um, because it is, you know, Sydney is a rugby league dominant town. Um, I don't see, you know, I've been to Sydney a few times over the years and I haven't really seen any... You know, uh, people wear GWS uh, polo tops or anything like that, and that's the same as the Gold Coast. So there's probably maybe a little bit more DNA to them uh, rather than Gold Coast, mainly mainly because they've just been a bit more successful. Yeah. Uh, on the field, um, they've actually played in finals and so forth. But um, yeah, yeah or, you know, I mean, if I, I don't know how many people, I mean, people still watch a grand final for GWS versus Gold Coast, but <laughs> I'd probably find it, I'd probably find it hard to watch to be honest. Yeah. Well, yeah, yeah, you're right. There's not that, yeah, yeah. No, I agree. I, I would, yeah, it would sort of be like, okay. And I, and you just, I guess people are really, it's really interesting the whole Hardwick moving to Gold Coast for a whole bunch of reasons. I think it's interesting. One, because it's a very, very obvious, not subtle at all ploy by the AFL to, um, again, yeah, really invest in this program. Uh, two, it's how Hardwick went out from Richmond. You know, he claimed the burnt out card. Um, I'm, I'm sure, he, you know, as a like a coach of a club for 10 plus years or whatever it was, it would have been exhausting. But, you know, you've won three premierships for this club. You've come back for retirement. So it's not like you leave on bad terms. But I don't know. It's all. It, it smells like the AFL's cooked something really, really. Uh, something happened there. Hardwick's there now to to plug a gap, and I thought Stewie Jew was a good coach as well. I just yeah, things aren't aligning. The the balances and the checks aren't all aligning here, and it's again the AFL plowing so much money into this club and into this franchise and. I don't, I don't know whether it's going to be successful, successful. You know, and if if Hardwick, if Hardwick, a premiership, three time premiership with coach, goes up, and he's got three picks in the top ten, he's got Matty Rowell, Lacocious, Anderson, Flanders, he's got all this, and he still can't get them to win finals or go, get in a final in the next three years. What does the AFL do? You know, what do they genuinely do? I don't know. That's. Yeah, that's a that's a whole other podcast, I guess. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I probably, yeah, probably bagged uh, Gold Coast enough, I guess. But uh, yeah, I mean, to sum it all up, I mean, they, they've been assisted a lot more than any other team, yeah. and we're only asking for a little bit. Um, and yeah, everyone's jumping up, up and down, and yeah, just just being run by the AFL. I mean, you sort of yeah, it, and and like you said, I think the whole hardwood thing. I, I got no doubt. You know the, the you know. The, Mark Evans or the AFL or whoever, they made an offer to him while he was still coaching Richmond. Um, yeah. They would have said, yeah, just quit and we'll, we'll get you the Gold Coast or something, or something to that degree. Because he still had two years left on uh, Richmond uh, with a fair bit of money as well. And it sort of came right out of the blues. So, yeah, but um, that's all speculation. I don't know that for facts, but uh, it wouldn't surprise me if that sort of happened. 
Anyways, Claire, let's get to a bit more positivity about yeah. and talk about the women's program. Uh, for yeah. me, I texted you last week. The lid is firmly off with me. Unless injuries strike, then how easily are we going to win this week this year? Oh, cakewalk. Cakewalk. <laughs> um, now, nah, look, they, they put on some two really good pre-season performances um, against the Doggies. And then, um, oh, my God, I've just forgotten who we beat. Oh, Bombers. Bombers, um, yeah. Bombers the other week at Windy Hill. Um, Look, in terms of competition, to try not to get too ahead of ourselves, um, I would place Essendon maybe just outside of the eight, um, and I'd place Western Bulldogs firmly in the bottom six. So in regards to beating uh, formidable teams um, and really challenging. They haven't gone down that route um, in, in terms of the preseason, um, which is good and bad. Um, good in the sense that building confidence, trying new strategies. Um, I know against the Western Bulldogs, they rested Garner, Shearlaw, Carney, um, and a couple for nearly like a half of football, <laughs> you know, nearly Check. like – yeah, the second half, they, they barely rotated on. It was just to kind of tick the legs over and do some conditioning. So it was good to try different people through that midfield and good to try different combinations, which is always good. And um, side of it, the bad side is that, you know, playing a D's or an Adelaide um, is going to be a lot different to uh, the Western Bulldogs and and the, uh, the Bombers. So... They're looking good though. They're looking sharp. I was a little concerned um, across halfback trying to fill in the role of, of Brooke Brown, but uh, Lulu looks pretty good down there. Lulu Puller from Brizzy Lions. We've got her down there. Um, Vicky Wall was another one that I was a little worried about that we wouldn't find, you know, that small proppy forward running through brick walls. Um, but it seems like Tripodi, Ruby Tripodi, Bella Eddy, Gavales, Aliso Lachlan, like there's plenty of small forwards that can pop in and do the work. Taylor Gatt found a way down there as well. And you've got the, I think the biggest difference for me is that you've now got this explosive forward line with Kate Shearlaw. She's, um, she's been a massive off season recruit. Um, she's going to be really good. It seems like what they're doing is they get uh, Shearlaw to kind of lead forward and take, you know, Garner through the middle uh, props it up and, and laces it out to Sheila with about 45 out. And then it's popping it either to the square and letting the, the small crummers do their work or trying to get Talia Grant or Talia Randall or Emma King to, to kind of cling on to something there. And then, um, yeah. So it, it seems like the forward line is that the main thing that they targeted off season more goals. Um, and we know Darren Crocker said in his post-match, the key issue was that, you know, last season they lost a prelim and, and they only lost a prelim to the actual, you know, premiers um, by one quarter. That third quarter we sat at Icon Park just kind of putting our hands over our eyes as we watched us pepper the goals maybe 10 times and any reward for effort there. So they've gone, the Brains Trust of Arden Street have gone off season uh, in the trade period and, and, Grab Sheila across, which I think is a really, really good um, recruit. And then have filled the holes of, of Brooke Brown, who's gone to, I think, Essendon. And um, got Lulu down there as well. 
Yeah, the, the lid is firmly and well and truly off. Um, I'm just having a look at our the, – the only thing that does concern me is classically uh, we've got one of the harder draws in terms of us playing all those top four teams. Um, but I guess if you can't beat them, Dean, um, you know, if you've got to prove your worth in order to get into to finals. So you want to play the best teams and you want to – really give that a crack so things are looking good how are you feeling yeah pretty good uh now i might be getting carried away after the pre-season game like last weekend <laughs> but it's just so dominant and there's so much depth on that on this list now a lot yeah. of players and good players are going to miss out uh but i had ballot eddie on last week it's not a bad thing to have so much competitions for spots is it no 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 it's Having a depth issue is not something uh, we men's teams followers of North Melbourne. <laughs> well, no, it's it's we haven't had much depth issues at North, have we? But having a depth issue in our women's is is a fantastic issue to have. Um, it allows you to kind of play play around, throw the magnets here and there. Um, and I think, yeah, we've just got, you know, when Garner and, and Bruton came off, um, they chucked on Mia King, who I think is great. Riddell runs for days. Even Gavales. Gavales is playing more high half forward and then into the pocket. Um, and even Gavales, though, can run through the midfield. So it seems what, what Crocker and, and the coaches have done is that they've created these players that are 2D or 3-dimensional in the sense that, there's really role players that can fill in different types of positions and make sure that, you know, um, they can contribute in different capacities, which is really pleasing to see. Like it's not as if Carney can be limited to the, to the back line. You, realistically, she can have a run in the mid and play high half forward as well. If she, so it's pleasing to see the amount of depth and, and the capacity of all players to, to play maybe a second or, or third role if need be. So, yeah, it's, it's, it's going to be fun to watch. It'll be fun to watch um, us win a few games. And, and we've got the benefit of playing some of the harder teams down in Tassie. So we've got, you know, Brisbane Lions down in Launceston because I think we're a better team down there. Um, we've also got – we got down in Launceston? We've got this, an interesting – uh, team we've got them round one, and it's it's hard to get a read on the Saints because they've got so many list changes over yeah. the um over the off season. So I still think we'll beat them, but it's always I think better to play over um in Launceston. I think I think the girls like to travel over there, but um, we do have to travel to to Frio, um, and that trip's always a bit hard. I watched Frio in the in the against Pies though and I think we've still got them covered but it's a random five o'clock game on a Sunday over in Perth so and that's round I think six so it'll be a test that'll be a test um but then yeah we've got Port we've got Brisbane um we've got the D's at Icon Park uh, night game I think it's incredibly important to get a win over the D's I think mentally emotionally all the It'd be good to get a win over them. Um, got Adelaide over in Adelaide again. That's another hard one. That's back-to-back. And then we finish round 10. We finish with the Doggies um, at Witten. Look, there's confidence-building games. There's depth and development. There's trying different strategies. And then I think we're really – I did our straps around uh, round eight and nine where we play 
um, D's and D's and crows. Um, it'll be interesting, but ideally then we've asserted ourselves on the ladder in a pretty good position and made sure we, we can really play finals. Um, haven't, I haven't done too much homework on the other teams yet, to be honest. Like I haven't watched too much vision about the crows or I know crows actually, um, tragically you never wish injury on anyone, but Sarah Allen, one of their keys, uh, place really key position player has actually unfortunately done her ACL, so that's really tragic, and that'll play a huge factor in terms of how they'll go this season. Um, but yeah, it's it's very pleasing to see how much depth is on that list, and you know this is the season that Jazzy Garner finally gets acknowledged by the league and ideally wins the Brownlow, um, the best and fairest rather. So there's a lot of upside to it. A lot, a lot of upside. Um, it's just about getting one of those wins, even if it's one. I don't mind whether it's D's or Crows, but mentally and physically getting one of those four points against Crows in Melbourne, I think, is a really important step towards the maturing of this side and being able to play off. And for me, I guess, Dean, the absolute bare minimum, and I know this is high expectations, but um, the bare minimum is playing off in a grand final now, you know. Oh, yeah, definitely. Um, yeah, I've sort of set the bar high uh, to that degree. Uh, I, I guess um, the challenge challenge for these girls is is probably beating one of those top teams, isn't it, and just yeah. getting over that hurdle because they've probably still got a psychological uh, problem with you know, probably getting past those big teams. But if they can knock off one, uh, like an Adelaide Crows or Melbourne or Brisbane, uh, which have been the general top three teams. If they can knock off one, then the, probably the, the next one will come a lot easier. But, um, yeah, it's just about getting past that hurdle, isn't it? Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. It's such a mental such a mental thing from this at that stage because it's just such a thing that has been hanging over them for so many seasons now. Um, but... Yeah, I think a really good opportunity is having the Brisbane Lions down in Tassie, knocking them off early. And then, um, you know, having Melbourne at Icon would be another good opportunity. Crows away are always a really hard task. Um, they're just a very formidable, formidable organisation and, and hard to play at home. So, um, yeah, that's also be interesting playing Geelong again. I think to play Geelong... Round, what do we got, Geelong? I think round three down in GMHBA. And I know um, they'd, they'd be pretty keen on, on setting that old rivalry. I know we played in the finals last season and, you know, it was one of those situations where Sarah Wright and Jazz Ferguson just ended up being, you know, Mackenzie Arnold's just brick walls down there and kept on intercepting. So I think that'll be a really interesting game round three, the Friday night, just because I think that they'll have a lot to play for Geelong. I think they feel very dirty on the fact that they were eliminated out. So I think they've got a lot to prove there and be really interesting. After round one, we play Saints and round two is Carlton, I think. So it'll be interesting to see what... Cats, who I think out of that, that'll be the first club that really starts to try and throw things at North. I watched a bit of them um, against Collingwood uh, in pre season and very strong midfield with Press Parkers, Amy McDonald. Um, they've got some bouncy kids in there. Like they're, they're looking good, they're looking decent. So I'll be fascinated to see how kind of round three goes when they throw 
throw the kitchen sink at us. But, um, no, I'm very optimistic. I'm very excited. I think, you know, I said this last season, this is the team to win us a flag. I think it's really well balanced. I think got a lot of role players, got a lot of maturity um, and got a lot of opportunities to generate scoring, scoring, I guess, in that forward 50. There's a lot there. Um, But in play, Kim Rennie, Emma King, Tali Randall and Sheila in that same team. That's quite a tall team. Um, I know, you know, Rennie gets around the ground the most. She's the... She's used as the pure ruck there. Um, but I don't know whether, because I know Sheila and Randall want to be used as pure forwards just because of their capacity to score. Um, so I don't really know what happens to Emma King there. And do you play tall four, four tools? On, especially if it's, you know, I know it's going through October, September, October, November, December. So you're coming on to better weather, ideally. But you just got to wonder about, you know, certain conditions and rain and something like that. I, I don't think you should play t- four four tours in the rain is is just asking asking for trouble. So, yeah, lots to be excited by. Um, nice to see the Irish girls again. We've also got I forgot to mention we've got um, Aisling Constantine, um, another yeah. Irish yeah girl yeah. from from Adelaide. So. Um, that'll be really good as well. So, yeah, just a lot to be excited about, I guess. Lots to be excited about and what is on offer. And my one of my personal favourite things about AFRW is that it's played locally. It's played at Arden Street. And I just I, I love our spiritual home. I love seeing supporters. I love standing on that hill and screaming my guts out and, and kind of getting around. It's, it's a really nice feeling. So, Bring on the season. Bring it on. Be nice to get a win, won't it? You know? Yeah, yeah, well, yeah. I, I, I've forgotten uh, what the song sounds like, so it would be nice when the girls actually go in uh, in the centre of the ground and yeah, you know, uh, sing the song. I might have to yeah you know, go on uh, Google search and look up uh, the words to the, uh, join the chorus. But um, yeah, no, that'll be that'll be good uh, to see some wins this year, and it will happen. Uh, I'm fairly confident. Uh, I'll just finish off with this. Um, I messaged you at the time. But are you, how disappointing are you? So, 10 rounds again uh, for the AFLW. Yeah, it's it, unfortunately it's not shocking. Um, having spoken to a couple of women AFLW players and that are associated with the agreement and in the AFL Players Association, it's um it's really disappointing. They're not happy at all. Um, it's just when it comes down to it, it, it feels really especially because we've had the world cup in happen in australia and the excitement and the buzz of of women's sport and how um advantageous it can be in terms of economically you'd think that the afl would see this opportunity and, and jump on it and i just think that they've made a huge error um in not capturing that audience and reading it into women's sport with the aflw so it, yeah, it, it it just seems like AFRW is miles and miles behind women's sport in this country, you know, whether it's netball, whether it's soccer, whether it's rugby, you know, it just seems like such a, a, a silly decision. And I know it was made on the economic basis of revenue and, and what they were kind of getting from the game. But, you know, if you're going to invest in a product, the same way that they're happy to plough 
tons and tons of money into, you know, the starter clubs like GW Coast, it, it just makes sense that if you're going to invest into a product and really see it through and give it its best opportunity to um, captivate and capture an audience to then start making money, then you'd give it a longer season. You'd give it proper finals. You'd give it the best opportunity to succeed. And I just think that this is, again, a massive blunder by the AFL. They just haven't read, read, and and really, what it comes down to, it really pisses me off. It's it's the money factor. It's it's yeah. the the unwillingness to pay not only just the athletes and the staff, making sure that the resources for the ground and thing and plowing money to that. Like, I mean, look at the fact that on the weekend. I know this sounds like a really weird, unique link here, but you look at the fact that the Adelaide versus Sydney game and the Goal Vision. And we've got to be one of the only billion-dollar franchises in the world that doesn't have proper technology to deal with this. It just shows you how far behind the cue ball the AFL is with this sort of stuff. It's just, you know, it's pull out your hair, kind of somewhat embarrassing in terms of of how poorly run the organisation is. And it really kind of just takes for granted the fact that we are all so dedicated to it do you know what I mean like we all love it irrespective of of its blunders and irrespective of the mistakes it makes so yeah I mean could write a thesis about it could talk it for days it's 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 poor I wish the season went longer I wish it was equitable to the females and the athletes that then the coaches that put in the time and effort to do this but unfortunately um it is what it is isn't it at the end of the day and it's no bueno, but you got. I guess the thing for us supporters now, you, you take what you can get, right? Like you want to support something. So 10, 10 seasons and finals is what we get. So we've got to get behind that, don't we? Yeah, that's right. And like you said, it's frustrating because it, it does come down to money and that's their whole decision and you're not really giving it a chance to grow. Um, you're not giving these girls that um, you know want to play AFLW football the opportunity that you're taking this serious enough. Yeah. Um, and yeah, it's it's really disappointing in that regard. It would have been nice to even go to eleven rounds and just build it up from there. You got oh, eighteen. Absolutely. You got yeah. eighteen teams. Whilst the rushing getting eighteen teams, they really rushed to get eighteen teams into the competition, and they still you know don't take it seriously enough, and that's yeah. that's really disappointing. And you know, like you said, these girls. Um, you know, put a, you know the heart and soul into the products. You know, a lot of them do have you know have got families, and kids, um, and have got their own full time jobs as well, which they would love to be able to put aside and commit to ten years of AFLW football. But at the moment, they can't really do that. And no. You know, you, you see some uh, players that uh, get a serious injury and they kind of have to retire after that, and they yeah. might only be in their mid twenties. Yeah, you know, which, which is really important. Yeah, it's awful. It's honestly one of my mates, Jade Van Dyke, who plays for St Kilda, did her ACL. She's a chippy at the time and, you know, she just, you know, it's such a long-term injury and she's not getting paid enough by St Kilda Um, and because she was an apprentice at the time, she's not getting paid there either because she can't. Yeah, it's, it's just so hard for her and she's put herself, she literally, we had a conversation before the season and we spoke about how she's put herself on the inactive list um, and how gut-wrenching that was. But she sort of said, look, I'd only have about three or four weeks max potentially that I could play. And imagine if I re-injure myself and I, I can't afford to do that to my body and financially I can't afford it. So it's just, 
yeah, it's just it, – it really does – if you're a young girl um, in Australia at the moment that's just been absolutely captivated by the World Cup and, and how well soccer players have been treated mm-hmm. in this and and you look at, you know, the A-League or the W-League and or you even look at NRL, all these sort of things. Like my thing to them is that AFL had a real opportunity here to – to re-engage and say to young women around the world, around Australia, you know, we value you, we see you, you're the future of this product. So therefore this is how we're going to kind of respect that and honor it. And it just didn't. So, you know, there's only so many conversations that I can get on, get onto Twitter and debates about, you know, revenue, income, what are they, you know, all these anonymous accounts, what do they bring to the game? They keep on asking for handouts and it's just like, oh mate, Nice. Um, but now, look, you keep finding the good fight. I guess for people who are listening and, and want to engage in AFLW, go to the games, watch it on TV, invest, read the articles, listen to the podcasts. Um, because I think the greatest thing about the AFLW community is that it all, it sort of almost exists in spite of itself. Like <laughs> the lack of, um, you know, the lack of media that we get, the lack of resources, the lack of respect pretty profound how strong and um, amazing and, and big that community is in spite of the AFL not really doing anything to kind of help us along. So that's all right. I'll be there round one. Oh, actually, no, it'll be in Blundstone round one, but round two against Carlton, Arden Street. Got all my badges on, even my little uh, Aileen Gilroy from the first round. I love her still and Daria Bannister and I'll be there at – Arden Street cheering on the girls and, and getting around them because, you know, it's it's great to support women in sport. It's great to support these amazing athletes who ideally, Dean, win a flag for us, you know. Imagine wooden spooners to uh to flag all within six months. It'd be pretty incredible, wouldn't it? Yeah, definitely. I'll take it. If it's worth, if, if we're getting a wooden spoon and a flag at the same time, then it's all worth it. So oh, for absolutely. Me, you know, yeah, no, they're, they're lovely girls and they, yeah, they put up, uh, you know, a, a good product each week. So definitely get behind them. Uh, anyways, Claire, I think I've uh, held you up long enough. Uh, sorry, finish on a negative about <laughs> about the AFLW and the ten round no, season. But, no, 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 it's it's good, but it's it shows our passion, right? Yeah. We're too we're too committed people to to wanting to see it, and our voices are really important. Trying to push the cause. Like you said, even if it's 11 rounds next season, 12 rounds, we just want to see more of the product because we're dedicated to the product. So, um, but yeah, like you said, hopefully we um, we see each other on Arden Street uh, round two, Carlton, you and me, a pot in hand and uh, cheering on our gals. Yeah, definitely. I'll be there. So I've already marked That's it in on my calendar. So, yeah, no, looking forward to it. And, uh, yeah, I haven't met you before, Claire. In I know. <laughs> We've got a whole friendship online, but not. Well, that's the beauty about the North community, though, is it's so yeah. nice to have people to talk to and, and listen to and, and have a have a chat with. But, um, yeah, it'd be, it'd be nice to have a beer with you at the game and, and actually console each other on a on a wooden spoon but then cheer on a, on a flag. So good that's times right. ahead, Dean. Good time. Yeah, very uh, mixed emotions, isn't it? So, yeah. Yeah. yeah, it's like, uh, you know, um, getting a bit of, uh, you know, heartbreak and then a month later meeting another girl that's better. So, you know, um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's not too bad. So, yeah, uh, there's always a silver lining, I guess. So, yeah. Well, anyways, Claire, uh, you enjoy the rest of the evening. I'm sure. 
So thank you very much to Claire for coming on once again. And thank you to all you lovely listeners for all the likes, retweets, and comments you'll put in for the show. It's much appreciated. So also, if you can leave a rating and review on your favorite podcast platform you use as well, that would be much appreciated. I'll be back uh, probably next Monday uh, at this stage, or maybe even Sunday. Uh, depends on when I can get the boys on to review our last round uh, last round game against the Gold Coast Suns that is happening Saturday afternoon. So look out for that show. Um, I'm sure there'll be plenty of discussion, uh, talking points about that game. And uh, hopefully, uh, <laughs> uh, look, if we can get the win, great. Um, but um, yeah, I'm probably more in the camp like I talked to Claire about um, probably uh, getting a loss um, and uh, getting the number one pick and getting Harley Reid. Uh, just not to complicate things. Um, yeah, that's that's where I'm at anyway. Um, so I'll be back then. Uh, anyways, that's it for tonight. So tonight I will leave a shout out to Kim Wiles at Kim Wiles Seven. Bye for now and go Roos.